Hey everyone, it's Matt and Lucas. We got a quick announcement for you. As some of you may have noticed, we've been kind of alluding to revamping the website a little bit um, and adding some new content on there. Super excited to announce as of this episode, we are officially live with the website. Go check it out. Thanks for playing .live. We got a lot of exciting written content on there from everything covering from, you know, our reviews like on Hogwarts Legacy, some think pieces, some reviews on games we're not even going to do for the podcast, but exclusive to the website like uh, Destiny 2's Lightfall and a lot of other great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. You know, uh, it's been a lot of work basically this year. Matt and I made it a big goal for the podcast to actually have more written content out there. Um, you know, for those of you who've been listening for a while, we've always been in growth mode, you know, trying to promote the yes. pod, trying to get our voices out there. And thanks for playing Dot .live. Um, we're looking to turn into a real content-driven website with, one, all of our regular reviews that we do. So you could always check there for basically the written version of every review we do for this podcast. But additional reviews that we don't have time for for the podcast that are covered by a wide variety of our contributors. Um, Hot Mickey, as you know, a contributor uh, Chambers, who's been on this, um, producer Sam, um, Hyalette, Orion, a uh, lot of great people, including some new voices who maybe you guys haven't heard of before. So check out Thanks for Playing Live for the latest and greatest in video game, nerd culture, movie, TV content. And we hope to see you there. Now for the episode. Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Ho! Woo! You know, I had a thought while we were doing that just now. And I bet there's enough audio of us on the internet to where we could pretty comfortably compile like an AI auto-generated uh, 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 TFP podcast AI. TFP podcast Like AI. some Joe Rogan <laughs> thing. That'd be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, dude. There's definitely enough out there by now, I think. I mean, there's a, what we have probably over, I don't know, 100 episodes by now for sure, over 100. Yeah, because we do weekly. Um, have so you heard like, the Drake AI songs that have been dropping? No, there's a... They're, I think I've heard one. They're pretty good. Like, I'm like pretty surprised actually at how good, like the lyric, the lyrics are pretty sharp. Not going to lie. Like they're sharper than you would expect. And I don't know. It's just, they just keep popping up everywhere. I don't know if like, there's just one person making it or like a conglomerate of people, but they're pretty sick. Dang. Okay. Okay. Speaking of AI, I saw Lucas today, you wrote up an article on some Square Enix AI game. I, yes. I'm actually not in the loop on that. Tell me about that. Okay. So this was crazy. This actually just happened yesterday. So we're recording April 24th uh, this week. And um, obviously you clicked on the episode, you know, this is a game review episode. So look forward to that in a minute. But yesterday uh, they launched Square Enix uh, launched a brand new tech demo for AI. Um, basically just like a free thing that you can download on steam. Um, we posted the article on thanks for playing dot live. So if you want to read my little blog post about it, you absolutely can. It's on the front page right now. And basically what I said was, uh, you know, it's a tech preview for something. Uh, the game is called the Portopia serial murder case. It's actually based on a visual novel game published by Enix back in 1983 on the computer. Um, so it's super, super old IP that they're just kind of bringing back to do for this preview. And apparently it's just one of the worst things ever in the last 24 hours. It has garnered some of the worst steam reviews I've seen. 
Um, and, you know, I screenshotted a few, kind of noted some of them. And basically, it's one really clunky in terms of language. It's saying like singular and plural. It's actually confusing a little bit like singular and plural usage. So usage is really wrong in the game. Um, and there's like quality of life features that just don't exist. Like you apparently you can't even really go back and read what you previously hadn't had said, like a typical visual novel will allow you to do, or like keep a log or a record of what you might've said to scroll back up. Apparently you don't have those kinds of things. Um, and some of the text is like auto, like moves automatically. So if you're not a fast reader, it's, it's not working out for some people. Um, Um. and I kind of framed it, you know, Square Enix, I, I feel like hasn't been, you know, Forspoken was recently, this was recently, they're making this big push for gaming NFTs, which none of us are a fan of, um, or NFTs and blockchain being heavily introduced into their gaming environment in the next several years. Um, they did drop Octopath Traveler 2, so that's a big saving grace because that d- game is doing very well critically. I know we, we have a few contributors playing that one right now. But yeah, just like Square Enix, man, what's going on? Yeah. Can we talk about that? You know... They get as long as they keep pumping out Kingdom Hearts. I was gonna say, yeah, you know, they can can do whatever they want as far as I'm concerned. Um, which I'm hoping we'll get some god, I can't believe I was about to say, I'm hoping I get some Kingdom Hearts 4 news in the next couple years. Like, that's just where I'm at. That just sounds like you have Stockholm syndrome or something. I really do. It's (laughs) too far in, Lucas. I am way too far in. Um, you made a TikTok about Kingdom Hearts today. I did. I did. I had fun with that one. Everyone follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all the fun stuff at TFU podcast. That's at TFU podcast and S at the end. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm actually not too, I don't follow Square Enix too closely outside of the fact that obviously I know they do Kingdom Hearts and I know they did or do Final Fantasy. Um, and I obviously, yeah, they were doing all the NFT stuff, which is, or want to push that, which is pretty lame. And then you know, it's weird because this is like kind of getting touted from what I understand. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is like a, oh, this is like an AI powered game, right? But I mean, it's not like AI is at all new to gaming. I mean, that's what really gaming has been for years, right? Like when you're playing against an NPC or, you know, a bot, whatever, that is an AI. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It, it, it's, I guess it's newer in the sense that they're trying to go for like a chat GPT vibe. That said, obviously here it didn't kind of didn't really yeah, play out. They're, they're going exactly. I mean, they're going for the learning language model or natural language model or natural language processing. So NLP or NLU, which is natural language processing and natural language understanding. Um, and you know, this is this is the kind of things like uh, ChatGPT. You know, obviously has been huge in the last several months as people have been adopting that. Um, and, you know, that's a learning language model. That's a, a LLM, you know, so all these kind of terms are coming around, all these kind of buzzwordy things regarding AI have kind of been coming around and Square Enix is really jumping on the train. I mean, props to them for trying to implement some of this new stuff. Like, obviously, they're trying to really push for the blockchain stuff, which we're just, <laughs> this podcast is very much against, <laughs> just to be perfectly honest with our audience, um, for a number of different reasons. We have plenty of episodes about it. But this is them trying well, to push LLM. I'd like to say I'm against it, how it's being utilized. I think yeah, the underlying yeah. technology is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, basically. So this whole idea that they have here is really trying to be on the cutting edge of using a learning language model to process natural language and turn it into some sort of game. But it was clearly rushed and no polish and we're just totally not there yet with games. But I, I do find that the this is probably going to be one of those things that's going to walk so something else can run. I think the idea of using NPCs in video games to generate custom responses to people will probably be a commonplace thing and will be really cool. Um, like if MMOs start doing that or like, you know, basically any online environment, that's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, it's got me thinking too about how you can make a game in the vein of like Until Dawn or Quarry or Heavy Rain with AI and stuff like that. You know, it'd be a, it's going to be, you know, the next 10, 15 years of gaming is going to be pretty, pretty fascinating, honestly. So yeah. God, man, can't you just like gaming in 60 years? Like what's it going to be? I know. I know. That's right? a really that's a fun thing to think about. Yeah. Like yeah, the learning learning language models, AI, like text like all this more like natural language type stuff, that's going to be huge 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 in gaming. I just think in this current form that we have it in right now, we're just not quite there yet, but it's going to happen very quickly. Yeah, like how much longer until we get, you know, like Sword Art Online little stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, all of a sudden they become sentient, the AI becomes sentient in the Minecraft server, and, and then we're fucked. Kind of lit, though. Yeah. Lit. <laughs> but um, we're not here to talk about AI today. No. We're here to talk about bounty hunters, space pirates, the Chozo. That's right, everyone. Today, we are talking about the number one space bounty hunter simulator, Metroid Prime. The 8.5 out of 10 from Destructoid, 9.5 on Game Informer, 10 out of 10 on IGN. 94 out of 100 on Metacritic. The first person remaster of the GameCube classic developed by Retro Studios and published by Nintendo. Metroid Prime. Y'all yes. voted. People voted for this, Matt. And I think they voted on this just to kind of troll you a little bit. Mickey, you got... Uh, uh, the... I, I feel like Mickey's been on this one for a while. He, you got to comment. I want to hear Mickey's thought on that one. You got to comment on that one, huh, Mickey? Uh, I think I personally tried to vote away. I, forgot, I think I voted for Odyssey, though. Or I forget what the uh, what all the options were, but I definitely tried to not not pick Metroid for Matt didn't Matt want to play Odyssey and, either though. Yeah, I would have. I voted for Odyssey. I would have <laughs> rather played Odyssey than <laughs> this game. But, well, but yeah, I think yeah. just the the Discord just they really wanted Matt to play this game. Hey, yeah, Matt and Matt's a man of the people, so he's going to do what the what the fans want. And um, I know that I know that he was he was going to stick it out. Yeah, you know. Um, I had that in my notes too that I'm like still a little bitter about this. <laughs> Cause Matt's, that is, Matt's a trooper. That, that is definitely what happened, but you know, that's either here or there, but we're going to get into it. But before we do, uh, really quickly as a reminder, everyone, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at TFP Podcast. That's at TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. If you want to read that really awesome article we just talked about here um, on Square Enix that Lucas wrote, you can check out our website, thanksforplaying.live. We've got a whole bunch of written content up there. There's going to be a whole bunch more in the coming weeks and months and years, I hope. Um, a lot of great stuff on there. Go check it out. 
and on the website and on the link tree and any of our social media handles. It's actually not on our TikTok handles, so I retract that, but on the link tree on most of our <laughs> social media handles and on our explain.live website. Uh, you can go to the Discord. You can get our Discord invite. Come join. Come hang out. It's a great time. You can get some one on one time with Hot Mickey himself, myself, and Lucas. It's a good, fun little community right. we got going on. So come hang out. And you can vote and for our latest games. That and we're you can vote play. for our latest games. And always, as well, you can shoot us an email at thanksplainpod.gmail.com. And I will personally email you back a selfie if you comment. If, if they email. If they even email. Yeah, I was going to say if they comment something in the email, but just email. Come, come say hello. Did, did we even vote for it the next one? Next no. no so, we were discussing that today. You want to give the update there, Matthew? Yeah. So, I, I think what the plan is... So, we're, we're, we're doing... Obviously, as everyone knows, Tears of the Kingdom releases next month. I think like May 12th or May 13th. Ooh. May 12th. Um, May 12th. Which I think everyone's excited about. I did express to Lucas a little concern, just making sure that there is enough time to get through that game. But the great part about this one is I don't have to play this one. That's what we decided <laughs> we're doing. So um, we're going to do a unique thing this coming month where we're, we'll do two game episodes. Um, the boys, you know, Hot Mickey, Lucas, and I think... Um, Hylette, perhaps. Hylette. Still got to well. confirm Maybe with someone that. else um, will be playing... Tears of the Kingdom and getting through that game in time for a May episode. And then as well, um, myself and potentially someone else, I'll either be doing like a written piece on a game that I'm going to play and review or some sort of like podcast episode. I don't know. You should play a game with Chambers. Just, you guys should, oh, you guys Chambers. should just do yeah, that. Yeah. Or I have, I got an idea for you. You're going to love this one. Okay. I had this earlier. I wanted to talk about I, it in this I'll, recording. I'll, I'll have one after you're, you're done explaining okay, this Okay. One. Okay. I, I think Matt, you and Chambers should do a co-op game. And play through it for May. And that's oh, your May. You, you guys review that one. You could either do It Takes Two, which once upon a time we were playing. Um, or you could do, I don't know, like the Halo 3 co-op campaign. Just spitballing right here. I think you like both those ideas a little bit. I do. Yeah. I do. I'm going to recruit Chambers for a... That's a beautiful idea. Co-op game. Yeah. Oh, we could maybe do like FIFA or something. Oh, yeah. That's all great. That's all great. Or Resident uh, Evil 4 remaster which i've been yeah. playing as well so. but point is i think may is going to be a very fun month for the podcast actually so yeah looking forward to sharing all that fun stuff with you hot mickey i think you had a comment yeah so uh yeah so for our may game so uh to give us like a little more time since uh tears of the king is releasing like may 12th like yeah matt and chambers could do their game get started on it now since they have more time and we release that one at the end of May and then probably Tears of the Kingdom release per, like early June to give us a little more time and you guys don't have to go right. such a long stretch with yeah. that. Right, game. right, right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely going to do that that thing and I, I mean, basically we're trying to play more games for everybody too at the same time. You know, the team has grown. We have more people that are playing these games, reviewing these games. We just got out a review on um, the new Destiny uh, DLC that had come out by uh, Tim and Tim. That was great. Um, and I'm definitely doing, whether we do it for a formal podcast recording or not, I'm definitely going to write up some uh, reactions to Resident Evil 4 Remaster, which I've been playing this month as well. So uh, trying to get more content and gaming reviews out there for you guys. Um, and yeah, we, yeah, we could finally, <laughs> maybe we could finally talk about Metroid Prime. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we totally went off the rails. Yeah, all right. Matt thought we could avoid this. We got this. We got the synopsis. Did we do synopsis yet? I got the synopsis. Okay, Here go, we go. go for so, for anyone familiar, Metroid Prime, 
Metroid Prime follows the story of Samus Aran, a bounty hunter who is sent to investigate a research station orbiting the planet Talon 4. The station has gone dark, and the last transmission from the research team indicated that they had discovered a powerful new energy source. Hmm. Upon arriving on Talon 4, <laughs> Samus discovers that the planet is inhabited by dangerous creatures and ancient ruins. She must explore the planet, collecting new weapons and upgrades as she goes in order to unravel the mystery of the energy source and stop the evil that threatens to consume the planet. As Samus delves deeper into the secrets of Talon 4, she discovers a malevolent force known as Metroid Prime. The name of the game, go figure. Which <laughs> seeks to use the energy source for its own purposes. Samus must confront this powerful entity and prevent it from unleashing destruction upon the galaxy. <laughs> you read it. You read the synopsis so well. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Basic premise. You know, um, y- you wanna you wanna jump into initial thoughts. You want to go this way. I mean, I, I'm treading. I'm I'm treading carefully here because we haven't talked about your thoughts on this game yet. I think you probably know that I really like this game as I've like, as I like most Metroid games. <laughs> I've actually uh, been really looking forward to this episode yeah. and kind of anxious about it too, just cause like, yeah, I've had the, I've had the butterflies all day. Cause well, I mean, for one, I genuinely think that the majority of the arguments I've had with you the past like six months have come around whenever super Metroid comes back up in a conversation <laughs> <laughs> and like, I get actually upset um so that's that's fun well you also Uh, there's also this new discovery that you had that you you found out that i or you came to the acceptance that i make you more angry than than anyone on this planet i did well namely in video games but and super metroid and talking about that specifically too yeah um you just know how to push my button somehow in just the right way i don't know how you do it but you do i'm hoping to do it on this recording today so yeah i've been kind of creating an attack plan here for sure but um, yeah, you know, and yeah, it's gonna be a good episode because yeah, and we haven't, we actually genuinely haven't talked about the game at all, really. So I'm excited to dive into that. But um, really quickly, just to kind of give some context for this game, you know, so it's not developed by the people that did Super Metroid. It's developed by Retro Studios, and their whole thing really is that pretty much exclusively they've just worked on um, the 3D Metro games. Metroid games, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, along with DK Kong, Donkey, Donkey Kong Country, Kong, Returns, Country Returns, and yeah. Mario Kart 7. I haven't played that Donkey Kong. And they did Donkey Kong Trop- Tropical Freeze. And then, of course, they're working on Prime 4 whenever that gets released. But really, I mean, this has been their main thing that they do are these Metroid games. Yeah. So, yeah, they're a, like, their third, they're a third-party first-party for Nintendo. Um, they're a third-party American-based video game developer, actually headquartered in Austin, Texas, um, and they've only been around, they've been around for 24 years and, uh, Metroid prime was their first game that they did for Nintendo basically, um, as a Nintendo exclusive published by Nintendo. And then obviously the other Metroid primes that have come out and the Donkey Kong country, uh, returns series, which I also very much love. And they're currently working on Metroid prime four, um, which they recently blew up development on that, uh, like last year, but that was announced at E3 a couple of years ago with with two uh, large amounts mm-hmm. of hype. So, storied and this good one, story developer. Yeah, and this one came out in 2002, mm-hmm. November. For context, what else came out in 2002? Kingdom Hearts 1? Kingdom Hearts. All right, everything always goes well. back. All roads lead to Kingdom Hearts. All roads lead to Kingdom Hearts, baby. Um so yeah, it kind of gives you the context of what games were coming out around that time. But 
Yeah, you know, just my first general thoughts. Well, you know, I'm not going to lie. I went into this game with a pretty negative attitude um, just because I, I kind of know the Discord, as we discussed, picked it just to spite me. Um, you know, initially, I was I was actually pretty pretty optimistic, you know, because the, the game starts, right? And you're already very powerful. You have all your cool weapons for the most part. You have your grappling hook. You can do your ball thing. You do everything, really. Um, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm on this cool spaceship, you know, three, three, three D is basically an FPS at this point. I'm like, great. And then you very quickly get off that spaceship and you lose it. And then Metroid game starts being a Metroid game. Um, one, one big thing that, you know, caught me right off the bat was, and it's a shame because it's such a big component of the game is I really dislike the scanning mechanic. Um, mm. And we'll get into that a little bit more in game design uh, about why I feel that way, and kind of story design as well. But um, not a not a huge fan of it. But Lucas, before we dive deeper, I got a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. And Hot Mickey, feel free to chime in as well if you'd like. Samus, Aaron, or Master Chief in a fight? Who you got? Huh? Isn't Master Chief currently dead? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know where Master Chief's at right now with the I, I terms of the lore. Are they even in the same time period, though? Based in the same time period? I mean, uh, I know what you're saying. It's just a straight yeah, up fight. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's what, a straight I, up fight. I, 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 it's probably Master Chief, to be honest, because... I, I was also leaning towards Master Chief. I wonder yeah. if uh, the Deathmatch has done this. I feel like this would be a matchup for deathmatch look it up yeah let's let's look that up that'd be great that that does sound like something that would have happened already but yeah great great question matthew love that i think i got uh i don't know i actually kind of think samus aaron could depending on like the exact what master chief comes equipped with in that moment i kind of feel like samus has a little bit better utility yeah, Samus does have a lot more to be able to do. I mean, Samus can like... Much more of an arsenal. Yeah, Sam. I mean, Samus with Space Jump could actually like fly, kind of. So, I don't think Master Chief could fly <laughs> in any no, iteration that no. I've seen. But Master Chief can restore health unlimited amount of times. So, yeah. that's yeah. pretty helpful. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll jump to initial thoughts real quick. Um, so, I was very, very excited to play this game. Um, I basically... You, you played this originally, right? Yes. I've beaten this okay. game originally. I actually got a funny story. I was very excited to tell this on the pod. So, um, imagine Lil Lucas, you know, seven years old, playing this game for the first time. Seven or eight years old. Played through it. Um, didn't really play through it, I think, well for being that young. Oh, Mickey, you got a, you got some breaking news for us right now. I, I have an answer to this question. It wasn't a full in-depth episode. It was like a two and a half minute video of this from the Death Battle channel. But Samus wins. Okay. Right. Wow. Something we don't yeah. know. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. We'll cut back to you for an explanation on that if you continue to watch that. Okay. Um, so uh, imagine Lil Lucas, right, playing this game for the first time. Um, not really reading everything, just kind of blasting through the game, literally, um, not scanning anything, not really understanding the environmental story elements of the game. Um, but I was a fan of Super Metroid back in the day, and I liked this game. And I think over time, I've definitely grown more of an appreciation for what the game was doing in the overall scope of what Metroid games have done. Um, I mean, most Metroid games are not 3D. Um, most Metroid games are your 2D side-scrolling adventure, Metroidvania type of games. And this is probably one of the only first-person Metroidvanias ever, besides the other 
3D Metroids besides the other Prime games. Um, and I think that's that's really groundbreaking, to be honest. Um, I don't think the game is like clunky or is ineffective in a lot of ways. I know there's probably a lot of nitpicks that we can find, but I think the game overall is a fun game to play. And like for what it for what it's doing, which is being a exploring first person kind of solo adventure game, I think it's really working. I think it really worked. And I, I thought it worked I don't I don't think it worked back then. I didn't think it worked when I was young. I actually didn't like the game when I first played it. Um but my time with it has grown and I've really appreciated what it's, what it's done, the risks it took. And I think the remaster has solved a lot of the problems that it had before. Um, the, the original game, Matthew, like the GameCube, there wasn't, it was super awkward controls, honestly. And the game was very, very hard to play before. You actually didn't have the ability to like run and aim at the same time, move and aim at the same time. It wasn't a twin stick type of thing. I don't know if you ever played like old school N64, like GoldenEye type thing where you move and aim and turn all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how the original Metroid was. And then there was a lock-on system, Metroid Prime, I mean. So it was very difficult to go back and play that game. I think for 2002, it was fine. Um, and people were used to that kind of, con- kind of control system, but we just outgrew it and you know, control schemes changed and it was really, really hard to play this game going back. So the remaster solved a lot of that. And I mean, I downloaded this game. It's actually, it was only 40 bucks. So that's, that's not the price of a full game, which I, which I really respect Nintendo for doing that. Um, and you know, I beat it over a full weekend. Basically I binged it and, uh, really, really appreciated the game for its context historically these days. Um, and I mean, I, I just, I really liked it, really enjoyed it all the way through. That's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, could, we could skip over the, when did it click? You want to stick on our initial thoughts or you want to jump into the story world? Yeah, we can just get into the world, kind of the, you know, the story, mm-hmm. what we can make of it. Um, you know, it's getting into the scanning. Cause you know, th- this, this is a game where, it's it, like you mentioned it is very exploration heavy and for those that like that and the way this game presents it you're gonna love it because there's no dialogue really there's no um samus doesn't talk it's all not even really visual it's all told through like scans you know like text boxes basically um i didn't love that i didn't love that um the reason the biggest reason i didn't like it was because I felt like I was so worried about making sure I scanned every little thing that it was interrupting like a natural game flow for me Mm -hmm. Um, and trying to make sure that I got that. And frankly, I kind of got tired of just reading these tiny little text boxes over and over. Um, And it just made me, it it was hard for me to get invested into the game. And, you know, I think that works and that's odd, right? Because I do like, you know, um, visual novels typically i do like games like uh what is it um ace attorney right like i do enjoy these kind of like text heavy games typically but i i think the reason i didn't like this is because you know samus isn't really engaging in the narrative they're just kind of existing within it and they're more so a silent protagonist even more so than link right because like you know a big complaint i had for example with ocarina of time was like Link is just meandering through this world, but to me, that's like even more so for Samus to where, you know, you're never like at least with Link, you would get some of their, you know, um, facial expressions or whatever, right? 
With Samus, you don't get any of that. You're just, you know, meandering through this world and exploring it and seeing whatever. And um, at least for me, too, because just with my schedule, I played this game pretty spread out. Like, you know, I wasn't really remembering the lore that well in between sessions and things like that. And I'd just be like, uh, what am I doing? Like, oh, I just guess I got to go here. Um, so I made it a bit harder for me to get invested in the story. But the biggest thing for me was just like, yeah, the the scanning was just too much for me. And um, I, I think, too, I, what I've discovered, because I was really thinking hard about this. I was actually talking with the Chambers about this over the weekend. Was uh, For me, for a game, I, I think as the narrative, I need to feel like my character is truly engaging in it. And, you know, I think that's the reason I like games, for example, like Oxenfree so much, which Oxenfree 2 is coming out very soon. Fucking yep. stoked yep. for that. Uh, it's either here nor there at the moment. But whether, you know, that's why I like games like that or why I like games like... Uh, you know, Fallout, Outer uh, Worlds, Outer World, and Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds, um, things like that. So, and, you know, for the story too, I just, the plot, I just had trouble getting invested in it. Like, you know, it was just like a very, not like, to me, a super interesting plot. Basically, like, Aliens Discovered Energy Source Bad Metroid Prime wanted to abuse energy source. Um, maybe I'm misunderstanding some of that. But that's like the basis of it. And then space pirates are trying to harness it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, something that really always sticks with me in storytelling. I forget who said this quote. Maybe it was Dennis in our, in our no, it wasn't Dennis, but um, something that always stuck with me was like, you know, a good story has really like a really basic story, but with really interesting characters and this game kind of like does the opposite where it has like a really like deep story, but then there's no interesting characters with it. So uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll dissect what you're saying. I'll, I'll go one by one here. So what was your overall impression? Like, what do you, what do you think is going on on Talon for? Like, what is, I know like the basic plot is, you know, there's an energy source that got found, but there's like tons of ancient text and like tons of ancient lore from like an ancient civilization that lives on this planet. Did you explore yeah, that? Did I you understand that? that with like the Chozo and everything and like did all you, that stuff. Did you, um, did you find that compelling at all? Or was it just like a, just a, you don't care kind of thing? It kind of felt like I was reading a history textbook. And that's not compelling. Not for here for wasn't for me it wasn't because of like like I said, I like my character interacting with the story. Mm-hmm. So you felt that Samus didn't have any motivation for what Samus was doing. I later found out after looking some stuff up what her motivation might kind of might have been, but like in the game I didn't find it. So like the Ridley, the beginning scene where the ship chases after Ridley didn't land. I mean I saw that but I was just like why is my one of my first thoughts was like why is Ridley even here <laughs> like yeah um and I guess that's but you learn why Ridley's there yeah I, I understand that we followed Ridley to there but like then we do all this other stuff and then Ridley only happens to show up at the end of the game it's like you're not even really chasing Ridley in the game it felt like you were just kind of meandering and discovering all this stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but one- I, under, I do understand why Ridley's on that planet they flew to that planet because I guess they were being like morphed by the space pirates or whatever, but I don't know. So the other I thing is just like, I just like uh, my first, I was like, ah, yeah, but we fought Ridley the last game is what my thought went to. The other thing too, is this is a, this is a continuation of a story. This yeah. is also a sequel. So like, what's what, it a sequel to Metroid one, Metroid? And, Metroid one and Metroid two. 
So where does Super Metroid fit in everything? Super Metroid is later. There's oh. a ti- there's a timeline you could look up, but this is this is chronologically I think after Metroid Two. So the other thing is uh, within the store within the overall Metroid story in Metroid One, you're Samus and you defeat the space pirates that are trying to abuse the power of the Metroids, right? Okay. The Metroids are obviously what they are. They just suck the life out of you. Metroid Two, Samus destroys all the Metroids eliminates all of the Metroids because they're like a menace to the galaxy, right? And then in Metroid 3, or in this in this game, in Metroid Prime, you find out that the space pirates have revived the Metroids and are raising them to be weapons of mass destruction, basically. That's why okay. when you first see a Metroid, it's like a big deal. Like, they're not supposed to exist. because That's do- like where there was all the research labs. That's why there was research labs and stuff like yeah. that. So I think, and if, I mean, I've, I, I totally understand the scanning part. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't scan anything because I was just playing through the game. I think to... To counter, there is quite a bit of environmental storytelling. I think every single room basically has a story in it. Like, you'll be traveling through Chozo Ruins, and there's, like, a tunneling system, and there's, like, a furnace, and there's, like, an ancient altar, and there's, like, all of these little moments that you find when you're exploring that's, like, oh, this must be where the Chozo did XYZ, or this must be, like, an altar of worship. This is, like, a you'll find, like, a pool or something like that, and it's, like, filled with water. You destroy that, and that pool and the creatures in that room feel like they fit into the environment in some sort of way. I think that's really cool. Um and then even when you're going through the Fendrana Drifts, there's like a lot of research facilities from the pirates, but there's all juxtaposed to all these like ancient temples and like altars that are kind of, you're kind of going through both of these things at the same time. So there's like this environmental storytelling idea of like modern technology kind of encroaching and being used in an evil way amongst the ruins of an ancient, more peaceful civilization. I find that very, very compelling, but it sounds like you didn't catch... Did you not catch that or did you catch that and not care for it? The latter. Okay. Because, I mean, I guess maybe more better to say that, like, I wasn't really connect. Like, I always say I could see, like, oh, I'm in a temple. Like, this is a Chozo temple. Like, I'm not arrogant to that, obviously. Like, this was their world and they're not here anymore. I just wasn't, like, connecting it in any meaningful way other than, like, this was inhabited by previous aliens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm with you on this game. Maybe, maybe I just need to be more spoon fed. That might be it. Honestly, yeah, maybe that. I mean, that's. I think we talked about that before on this podcast. I mean, yeah. the thing that's tricky is this. It, this is a continuation of a story. It's like not a direct, direct sequel because it's not playing off the events necessarily. It, it's playing off the events in that Ridley exists. Ridley is like a rope, like a cyborg now because you defeated Ridley. The Metroids are supposed to be gone, so the moment that you see the Metroids is like a big deal. There's all that stuff going on, and then obviously they expand on what's happening in Metroid Prime in the other games for Metroid Prime and recontextualize kind of the things that happen. But I mean, I'm not expecting. So, so, does Super Metroid take place after this? I think so. So why is Ridley in that game too? Because <laughs> Ridley, Ridley's Samus's arch nemesis. But like. I don't get it because, like, there was an organic Metro Ridley, right? That you beat in the first game or whatever, probably. Yeah. And there's a meta Ridley, and then you go back to an organic Ridley. See, yeah. in very large. Are you going to question a villain game. returning in no, a no, video no. game? <laughs> no, no, no. I think, in general, that's my one gripe with um, Nintendo games, namely, I think this, and then I think Zelda as well, is it's like. 
the same thing rehashed over done di- the game done different i mean i hate when the mario defeats bowser and bowser's in the next game that that breaks my immersion too no but i mean seriously though <laughs> like for me because then that's uh, just like i think for me like an interesting narrative is like that i am able to digest well is so important to me that like that it just doesn't interest me whether that's like mario and bowser or like Link and Ganondorf for the umpteenth time, or Samus and the Metroids, or Samus and Ridley. Yeah, but you're trying. I feel like you're trying to apply like a traditional storytelling model to IPs that were created on eight bit systems that like had very basically the whole Zelda, Mario, Samus, Metroid. Like the whole idea is that they fit the container of whatever it is that they're trying to fit. It's not that they're here to necessarily like tell a continuous story along like a straight narrative structure, right? They're trying to like fill in gaps. They're trying to like do they're they're trying to like tell new moments and stories within the universe while fitting a new container, right? So that's I think I think you're taking like a traditional narrative. I think that might have worked for me when I was a lot younger. And I think now I like am too much I like I, th- I think too much about it and I get annoyed. I mean, have you ever questioned Mario like lore? Does that, does that make you, do you play Mario baseball and go like, how does this make sense? Why is Mario catching for, why is Mario pitching and Bowser's catching? Do you, do you question that when you're playing that game? No, but I do question it in super Mario power tennis. <laughs> I like, I, I'm just, I guess I'm trying to figure out where like, where that's coming because there's no like th- but, there's no well, like, logic me... to how these games are set up there's a simple setup they're fitting a new container and it's gonna sort of make sense in some ways there's going to be some continuation nothing's ever really a direct sequel and that's that's okay yes i could tell you I, mickey you want to chime in here you want to break the ice here i think i feel like mickey's i feel like mickey's got something to say Sorry, I was doing research in the background. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you hear anything we just said? No, I was getting more details on okay. the Samus vs. Master okay. Chief. Okay, 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 okay. So, <laughs> I, I, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. I mean, I, I think for me as a gamer, that just the way it's just been rehashed over and over doesn't. I understand why people like it, and I understand completely what you're saying. I just don't care for it. Do you like Star because, Wars? Yeah. Okay. Do you like every shonen anime that's out there in the world? I mean, like, if your argument is that formulas get boring. I'm not even then, saying the formula because everything's a formula. But I'm saying, like, the literal characters being, like, reused. Like, it'd be more interesting to me if, like, Tears of the Kingdom had a different big bad other than Ganondorf or, like, any of the Zelda games did. But there, always there, has, there have been other big bads in Zelda games. Okay, well, fuck me then. Yeah. <laughs> but like the main one they always go back to is is Ganondorf, is it not? Yeah, because in Zelda, Link, Zelda, and Ganon are all reincarnated souls that are in an eternal struggle. Yeah, they're just destined to fight each other for. Yeah. And we've had this conversation. And no, it, if you want to hear more on that, go to our it's just Ocarina of Time episode of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I just like well, one, I I think that you're making judgment calls on non-traditional narrative structure in game universes that were never meant to have traditional narrative structures in the first place. And two, you don't exactly have all the context for the narrative either. So it's like asking why why Ridley came back 
One, it's like, yeah, he's the villain. He's Samus's arch nemesis. Of course he's coming back. And two, he's not the villain of every single Metroid game. Usually it's like Mother Brain, or there's even Metroid games that the villain is actually a big bad that's like Samus's clone or like a Dark Samus version or something like that. So it's not every. Is that why they got Dark Samus in Smash? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing you got to understand too is like, honestly, a big part of it, I didn't play any of these games growing up. I, I've, I, I mean, there's people that like these games that also didn't. Which doesn't work for me. It's not like, I, I feel like you lean on the, I never played this game excuse when like, that doesn't even really apply. This is just a good game. I don't think it's a fun game. <laughs> okay. We could jump over to game design then. I can, I'm very cognizant that I am in the minority here. I'm not arrogant to that. If that is any consolation to any of this. Mickey, you look like you had something to say. Oh, okay. No. Never mind. Okay. I was throwing it back to Mickey to see if he had a funny comment, but I guess he didn't. But I'm getting I'm getting a little upset here. I got I, I gotta be I gotta be honest. I'm getting a little getting a little annoyed, but that's okay. Um I just Okay. Ugh. All right, all I'm saying, Matt, you're frustrating me again, man. I didn't think I'd get so heated. I was trying to keep my composure here. So I'm trying so hard so, to okay. like not tell you to fuck off here, when you do it. <laughs> I know that you're I know that yeah, we both know that you're in the huge minority. You're being skip Bayless here. This is crazy hot takes coming out of you right now. But like there's it there's no to criticize the narrative of this game or this this world that it, it's just seems like a strange criticism cuz like with even within the Metroid Prime world, just this game there's like plenty of things to like understand and explore. There's like a lot of compelling environments. There's a lot of compelling story of like, it's this dying planet. Like it's a dying planet that a meteor, like a meteorite crashed on Talon 4 containing Phazon and created the great poison, which is slowly destroying this planet and led to the downfall of a peaceful civilization called the Chozo. And now Samus lands there for another reason and discovers all of this and has to fight it and then finds the old nemesis the metroids and the space pirates and ridley this is like compelling world building this is like this is cool stuff this is cooler than it's a cooler story than a lot of the games that we've played truly i think for me the biggest thing is how the story is like what's the word Going back to the scans, like how the story is communicated. That's to pretty it, much. just basically the exact same way that story is told in something like Elden Ring or any of the Dark Souls games or any of the From Software games. Like stories told purely through environment or purely through like item text and things like that. And people, you have to piece it together. You have to put in the work of like understanding this world a little bit more. That's totally fine. That I mean, we've praised games for this exact same style of storytelling. I, I love The Witness for that. The Witness is really great with that. The Witness, the game? Yes. Well, you've played that game? Yeah. We've talked about it before. Oh, shit. I, that's my favorite game. I love that game. Yeah, that game is all that. That game is completely that. You get it. Matt. You're, 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 I don't you know what else to say, man. Like, <laughs> I can go back and listen to the Elden Ring episode, but I don't know if I praised the storytelling in that. But like, yeah, I mean, look. My rating at the end of this episode will be fair i think okay given my context i think it'll be fair 
I'm not going to lie and say I liked the game while we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't expect <laughs> you to. It just, you know, maybe it, I really am. I just, maybe I simply it, don't like older games that much. That could be part of it too. But I fucking loved Chrono Trigger, so I don't know. This game came out when you were like seven years old. This isn't even really, this is the exact game that you would have played. This isn't even like a game before your time though. Like this is a PS1, GameCube era xbox first xbox era game how is this not how is this an old i mean game? i'm pretty sure if i went back and played a lot of the games that came out back then having not played them before like how i played kingdom hearts i don't think i would enjoy them as much if that answers your question okay. i think i'm a slut for new things yeah but like when you when you operate that way that means anything you played in college is going to suck in five years that means anything you played or like go back and play that was on xbox 360 or like ps3 is going to lose its luster instantaneously basically well no i mean i'm saying from like the um what's the word like games that i had played previously i still like like i loved kingdom hearts obviously i still stand fucking the mario tennis game or whatever and, and like I'm going to replay Oxenfree soon. And I've replayed that game like eight times since that's came out in like 2015 or 2016 or whatever. Um, I think as a very general thing though, like I don't, I enjoy playing the newer games that come out, but like, I don't know, man, I just don't like Metroid. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's just, it doesn't work for me. Let's let's jump. And I mean, and to be clear and we can get into this, I think more of that comes from the game design than it does from the story probably. Cause to your point, Elden Ring has a very confusing story unless you really piece it together, but I really liked Elden Ring. Right. All right. Let's jump into game design then. Um, Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just, I'm gonna take. Really I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need to take a shot in the middle of this whole thing. I don't know about you. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm already like, like having a sip on some old fashioned, but I, I might have to down it right now and go grab. I'm actually it. just very happy, proud of us both, though, because this is somewhat cordial, actually. <laughs> <laughs> is, Even is though it, I feel like, like you know what it, this it is, Matt. Does, it does not sound cordial. This is. It when, could be no, so much worse. No, you should no, have no, seen no. heard some be, other episodes. There's no. We're not hurling insults at each other. That's the main thing. We've we've grown. No, this is like Matt. This is like when somebody at work pisses you off and you shoot him an email and you're like. Per my last email, yeah. Saying, like, this is we're we're per my last emailing each other right now, and um, it's very palpable. Yeah. But let's go to game design, soft reset, new category. You you can speak on it first. I won't interrupt you. And, uh, I think you should start first. Okay. This time. Okay. Um, <laughs> Metroidvania game design. Okay. What what can I say? I I love Metroidvania style game design, which includes backtracking, exploration, and recontextualization through the course of the whole game. And I think Metroid Prime does that as good as anything else, although it is a qu- quite a bit smaller than some n- new modern stuff like a um, like a Hollow Knight or like a SteamWorld Dig or even some newer Metroids and things like that. But um, I really enjoy the Metroidvania formula overall, and I'll go into that in a minute. Um, I also really love uh, the weapon switching in the game. I enjoy that n- enemies have different weaknesses that you eventually have to like, you know, manage resources with like advanced weaponry, whether that's the flamethrower or the ice, the big super ice weapon that you can get um, or just straight up missiles or super missiles and different enemies have different vulnerabilities, which come into play in new and unique ways later on in the game. And I think that's really cool. And also enemies are very different. There's flying enemies. There's enemies that are invulnerable to certain attacks altogether. There's 
enemies that are weak against certain beams, but not necessarily invulnerable from others. And there's enemies that cause poison damage, enemies that cause fire damage. There's all these different enemies. And when you're just walking around Magmore Caverns, vibe into the music. I think it's really cool that you encounter tons of different types of enemies throughout these rooms. Um, and I think it's a really fun thing to do. It's fun to interact with all these different things throughout the course of you just walking through the map. Um, I think the map design itself is really cool. How like you'll unlock a shortcut here, unlock an elevator there, um, and realize that you went on a giant loop that took you from Chozo Ruins to Fendrana Drifts all the way back to Talon Overworld. And I think that's really cool. Um, and the big thing, uh, just the world on backtracking is, and I know you don't like backtracking, Matt, but allow, allow me to, to muse on it for, for a moment here. I think one of the coolest things that a game can do is introduce you to a, a, a space and then over time recontextualize that space for you. And one thing that me- that's what Metroidvanias, that's what they do best. You're walking through Magmar Caverns in your first playthrough or your first run through it. You have no double jump. You have no grapple beam. You basically have no energy tanks, no resources, right? And the map is hard to get through. You have to jump through this. There's enemies here. You have to morph ball under some certain things. You don't really understand the map or anything yet. But when you unlock the double jump and when you get the grapple beam and you get more energy tanks, all of a sudden you're just sprinting through Magmar Caverns. And I think that's really, really cool because now when you first enter the world, and it's not just Magmar Caverns, it's a bunch of the other places in the game. When you first enter those spaces and those rooms, you don't quite know how to get through them very quickly. Um, you're a little clunky, you don't understand. But when you unlock new items and you also learn how to get through the room quicker, you can start really playing the game at a high level. And even through me playing the game this time around, which I've played it two other times before, I found myself really zooming through certain places going like, yep, here's the morph ball. Yep, there's going to be, now I know that that's a charge beam that I could destroy that with a charge beam or a missile. I'm going to shoot it before I even get close to it because I know that it's going to be need to be destroyed when I get there. And you can kind of just push through levels and push through zones really, really quickly. And I think that that is really cool because me as a gamer, I enjoy learning. I enjoy recontextualization of an environment. And I enjoy the feeling of growth that I feel when I backtrack through those zones. I think that's really cool. So that's the main overall gameplay, game design of Metroid that I really appreciate. Yeah, so as we have... <laughs> this is just kind of funny. Um, this is just like... It's like speech and debate. I'm not going to I'm not gonna interrupt you. Um, as we've obviously illustrated on this podcast in the past, I don't really care for Metroidvania games because as Lucas mentioned, uh, a lot of the... You know, key elements of it, like that backtracking, I really don't care for too much. Um, as far as the combat, I, I do agree with you that the nuances of like, oh, this is more effective against this thing, or this isn't quite as effective, but it's also not like not effective, you know, right? Mm-hmm. As something else. I do agree that the game does a good job of that, but the actual combat itself i didn't really care for um this might be more of a product of its time thing too but like the fact i don't know like for me i mean it it really just turns into like oh lock on l and then wait till your missile or whatever hits right or you know that 
it just wasn't it's not like a very dynamic combat i guess that's how i felt about it Mm -hmm. um and at least for me too i know obviously some things are more effective than others but barring the enemies were like literally there was a certain space pirates where you have to use x beam on it i found for a lot of the guys i was fighting i could literally the, the combo just became charged ice beam freeze them missile done um which i didn't really mind too much because i was just trying to get through the game but um I, I was surprised that like that was such a clear i guess um combo to use but overall just the combo it's or the fighting it's the combat itself i didn't really care for um because again like i said i don't really feel like it was very dynamic because the main way you do fight is the auto lock on really um i really really hated the thermal vision um not because <laughs> I, hate, I, I hated it too okay cool i'm glad wow yeah one thing we can agree on i think the concept of thermal and the x-ray vision for that matter is both really cool it just doesn't look good it, it just doesn't look good um and there's that one point too where maybe there was a story beat and i missed why but i think you're in the research labs with all the metroids for the first time and you just get your thermal vision and then the lights get the turned lights off. go out turn off and i don't even know why that happened was there a story reason behind the that or security security like, yeah. okay um and you have to like navigate out with just the thermal and i really despise that because the thermal it just i don't know i was just like why are you making me do this <laughs> like it just doesn't look good and um and i think a lot of people would agree with that um i will say i will say in general uh this game is much much more forgiving than super metroid was um i think that's kind of just a natural product of a lot of times older even older games are harder than newer games um and obviously super metroid came out well before uh super metroid super metroid came out well before metroid prime yes thank you that's what i meant um so and you know i, I appreciate that this game felt a bit more forgiving um because I, you know, I, I got pretty frustrated playing that first Super Metroid, but um, and you know what I did enjoy seeing too. Just it, it, it was cool to see how the took the spirit of that two two D Super Metroid and put it into a three D setting, mm-hmm. um, just purely from a like mechanical aspect. Seeing how the uh, translated that into a three D environment, I did actually enjoy seeing that. Um, and I like the spider ball puzzles. I did actually like that. <laughs> yeah, the spider. I, I've the spider ball is fun. I, I had I a feeling that. that you. My biggest prediction in my head is that you would like the spider ball and the boost ball. Basically, yeah, that and like doing <laughs> the half pipes. I was like, all right. I knew that you. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that. Was, I knew that once yeah. you got to the half pipe, you'd be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, there were a couple that had. I was like. It, it it did take a little bit of time to get used to the half pipe, so uh, with the boost balls and stuff. But yeah, the biggest thing was I was just honestly bored a lot of it because I, I thought the combat was kind of dull. Um, and then having the, the moments too where I got had to switch to thermal or whatever it was, I was just like, man, this is annoying. <laughs> but that's kind of my thoughts around the game design. And obviously, again, I just don't care for my Tradevania very much. I haven't really. I can't think of one I've played that I've really enjoyed. Um, and obviously this is very much a Metroidvania. So. I mean, yeah, in the name. Yeah, I guess um, 
I agree with you on the thermal. The thermal. Whenever I had to use thermal vision or X-ray vision, it was really a shitty part of the game. But it's not. It's really not that much of the game. Um, there's like that exit segment when you're using the thermal vision um, in the Fendrana Drifts labs, which I think flavor-wise was really cool, but is probably my least favorite part of the game. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny. Like if this game were to be like fully remade in a modern sense, or somebody were to design like a really strong 3D Metroidvania, the weapon switching would probably be the biggest thing that they'd take away from it, right? Because, like, truly, the combat, like, the movement in the combat, it's not like there's, like, bullet time dodging or anything really that cool. With, like, like, the movement. Back there's, you're forth. basically strafing yeah. left and right. You're serpentining. You're not even really aiming. You're just holding down left, right? And I think the, the most, the, when the game, and the combat in the game is the most fun is when you're switching weapons, um, and when you're like trying, you're fighting multiple enemies at once and you got to freeze that guy and you got to shoot this guy, you're going to shoot a super missile at this guy. Like that's when the game's actually really fun. And Metroid Prime is like kind of the, the biggest example of kind of what's what that whole idea. Right. And yeah. I think modern games, like what has happened over the last 20 years is games have really learned that switching weapon styles and combat styles in the middle of combat is a really fun thing to do. And I think that's where we've headed, you know, and if if this game were to be fully remastered, fully remade by Nintendo Retro Studios, Retro Studios, that would probably be the thing that they would lean into the most, right? So, um, games have done it better since then, but um, this is this is a this is a big prototype, you know. This is a big first first pass at something like that, and I I think that's pretty cool too. Um, well, Chrono Trigger did something kind of similar, right? Where like depending on the enemy, you'd have to use different. Like elemental stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the concept existed, I guess, in a 3D adventure game, sure. like first-person game like this. You know, like this is. I think that's that's more what I'm talking about. Yeah, more groundbreaking for what it was doing for sure. All right. Um, anything you want to fight about there, or no, no? I think we're I think we're pretty much in line there. I mean, I I guess at the end of the day, backtracking and what it is and what it does for games and gamers, I think is really cool i would like to hear hot mickey's thoughts on what we've talked about specifically with the backtracking type stuff and M- mickey do you like metroidvania style games uh it depends on the metroidvania like hollow knight i enjoyed to death uh that guy's yeah. i also haven't played a lot matt of would ha- it, but when i matt do, would hate it- hollow knight so much he would. One no, day we'll no, make Matt, him play it. Matt would definitely hate Hollow I don't think actually Matt would make it through the game. It's a very hard game. It, it is I've very, heard it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. Uh, I remember playing fucking like 14 hours straight, uh, I think for Radiance on the night of Mother's Day. And I did it on my last attempt yeah. before I had to leave. Oh my God. That's awesome. It yeah. Was I remember beating a Radiance. I didn't, that was a- I, didn't, I didn't sleep that night for Mother's <laughs> Day. I was so determined to beat it. But uh, I I don't mind backtracking as much. It helps a lot if the environment changes because of some kind of like in-game event. Say like, oh, like an earthquake, like fucked up the environment or like uh, it now opens up a different part of that area that wasn't available before. Like Luca said, like once you get more tools, you now have more access to different areas of uh, the beginning room. I, I haven't played this game, so I don't know what what exactly he's referring to. But something like that, I can find enjoyable. But if it just has me keep looping looping back and forth to like the same level with like no changes to it, then I find that like very boring and like it, it seems lazy to me. 
I, I did have so on since we're talking about Hollow Knight. Do you remember Mickey when like you get the claw that lets you jump off walls? Yes. Like it completely changes the way you move it through like is. the previous areas of the map. And I think that that like for me, that was one of the coolest gaming moments like mm-hmm. in that I can remember where it was like, oh, my God, this item has so much value. Like the thing I worked so hard, this hard boss actually gave me something that's worth it because now my whole entire gameplay style and traveling style is, diff- is different. It's a different dude, game now. Dude, I was playing the game with Techland like super hard because I never upgraded my nail for the longest time. Bro, I just what? didn't realize it. And uh, some bosses I was like just like struggling so hard to do. And then because I was streaming this at the time and a friend of mine who hopped in, he's like, have you upgraded you your nail yet? Worst, yeah, and the I'm worst like, nail. What do you What do you mean? <laughs> and he directs me over to the uh, nail smith. I'm like, oh, yeah. And the nail smith is a cool guy too. Just yes, to talk he's to, so cool. Yeah. he's so cool. Yeah. All right, we can uh, we could we can move on from that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, man. Matt's just sitting there silently while we're geeking out about Hollow Knight, which we're gonna make him play one day. Oh, can't wait uh, for Silk Song too. We can, oh, dude, yeah, that's oh, coming yeah. out this year too. Ooh. All right, all right. Uh, art style, you want you want to jump in, Matt? Yeah, uh, I liked it. I actually, despite not enjoying the combat, I thought most of the monsters looked pretty cool. Um, I largely enjoyed the the set design. Um, I really, really liked how Super Metroid, excuse me, the Metroid Prime, Metroid looked. Prime looked. Yeah. Um, you know what? Actually, one more thing that might be actually kind of surprising for me to say on game design, I kind of actually wish there were more boss fights. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I felt like there were only maybe, there's you know, like there was the, there's the plant, right? There's the ice boulder guy. Ridley. And then there's like the Ridley. The pirate. One elite, one elite pirate and, uh, Metroid prime, Metroid prime. And I don't know. I, I think they could have, they could have sprinkled in a few more, I think at least like two or yeah, three. I agree. Um, Boss fights were fun. Cause like it wasn't just shooting. It was like a mm-hmm. lot of actual, like movement. actual, like and, little, almost not bullet hell, but a bit more of that kind of, yeah. Where you're actually having to like, Oh, here's a pattern I have to recognize. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. But yeah, no, I, I like the art. I thought it looked good. The, you know, the remaster I was, you know, looking up original gameplay, like it was comparing it to what the switches remaster was. And it, you know, it looks very good. Very clearly refined. Um, Especially, you know, when you hook up the switch. I played a lot of it handheld, but when I had it hooked up to um, my TV, I was like, yeah, this actually looks very, very good. So I liked it. The set design was great, and um, the monsters look cool. Yeah, I pretty much echo everything you said with a, a few notes here. Um, there was, like, little things that were really cool. Like, I, I liked when something would hit you and, like, light you'd light up and you would actually see Samus's like, eyes, like, light up with, like, a little bit of surprise. Um, in the reflection of the visor. I thought that was a really cool little detail. Um, like sometimes Samus would like do things like animate and put up, put it like her hand up or something like that. If certain things hit her, I thought that was pretty cool detail. Um, the UI itself is really sick. Honestly, I like it's, it's funny. I feel like I've gone from thinking that it was really corny to coming all the way around on it and going like, man, this UI is really cool. Oh, did you, did you like the helmet, the HUD? Just the general the just, visor. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought that, I didn't like it actually. I took it see, off. Yeah. See, I I like I don't know. I I could see why you would take it off, but I think it's 
I think you just find it eventually becomes like not distracting. I don't know if it's just a me thing, but I just think it's a cool flavor thing. And honestly, it didn't interfere with like any vision that I had or any fighting. Um, I, I whenever whenever I was playing the game, I was just in in the game. You know, I was in the world, and I think the visor helped and the HUD helped with a lot of that too. You know, it's yeah. it's like when okay, like for instance, the missile like meter. Right. It's like a lot of games, it's just a missile number on the corner. Right. But for Metroid Prime, it's like a bar that goes down slowly over time, you know, and like, I think that's really, I think that's a really good detail. Um, and, you know, like the little danger thing that goes up and down when you're near like lava or phase on and things like that. Um, I'm a, I'm a sucker for some small flavor choices like that for sure. Um, I did like the little danger meter. Yeah. Um, all right, sound design. Uh, you wanna you wanna jump in first, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it really it kind of just comes down to soundtrack for me, you know. And I, I think the music was ambient in the right places, like when you're kind of exploring the underwater portions. Then I think it was intense and um, stress-inducing in the right places too. You know, I think it struck that balance really well and you know, it knew how to fit the music for the environment you were in, which is something that's very important in games, I think. Um, and as far as like, you know, how the enemies you're fighting sounded, you know, how um, the the sounds of your gun sounded, everything like that, it all went home. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, the music's really cool. Um, I really like the different sound, like the, every world, every like section... Uh, has its own kind of signature soundtrack. And I think they all tort- totally fit the vibe. Like when you first go down into Magmore Caverns and like that kind of like hummy, like low choiry type of music plays with like the little war drums, um, probably insert some of that music here right now, but is really, really, really cool. Um, so I dig that. Uh, there's little things like every bonus item that you're looking for that you find, it actually has like a little hum on it so sometimes you're in a room with a bonus item and you're just kind of like listening for the little hum and um i thought that was really cool that was really cool so sound design definitely the music is the best part of it and certain things you know like certain characters or certain npcs that you would hit they kind of had like cool signature sounds but i don't think we've ever criticized sound design on this podcast before so this is uh right up in there with great sound design there must have been at least one time right I don't know. Maybe, maybe some sort of soundtrack or you know what I maybe, saw Spon- maybe my... SpongeBob. <laughs> I don't know about soundtrack, but I know we've criticized the voice actors before. I think we have. I think yeah. you have like too. I don't remember what 12, it was. I 12 minutes. Was... 12 minutes we criticized. That game, Mickey, I, know, I don't know if you were listening to the pod back then. That's a fun one everyone should go and listen to was our episode on the game. Uh, 12 minutes. It's with... Daisy Ridley plays one of the characters in it. Ah, who else? Willem Dafoe. And I want to say James McAvoy. Lucas, was it James McAvoy in 12 Minutes alongside Daisy Ridley and Willem Dafoe? Willem Dafoe, yeah. Those were all the people. And they were all pretty much awful, as bad as the next. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah, that sound design sucked. Yeah. And then Corey had really bad. Didn't you guys also uh, <laughs> do voice acting? Oh yeah, yeah. There was some. Never mind. There, there's some bad. There's some, we we've played some bad sound well, design for, shit for, for, for music stuff or like music or actual. I game can't think sounds. of a I soundtrack think, we haven't liked. 
when you guys actually dissed that. We probably didn't like the SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom rehydrated soundtrack. I'm just going to go on a limb there. That might be one of our lowest. I usually like lowest reviewed games. Um, it's getting late. Matt's Matt's getting tired of my bullshit. So maybe we can jump over to NPC <laughs> Award. Um, you know, there's not a lot of NPCs in this game. I think I just kind of got to give it to the homie Ridley. Um, you know, he, he can't catch a break. You know, he's died in like every Metroid game. Took forever to get him in Smash. A lot of people didn't want him in there. But um, I was one of them. You were one of them. <laughs> Is Ridley good in Ultimate Mickey? I have no idea. I, I think he's meh. I like don't see that character ever pop up in he's top mi- eights yeah. of graphics I see. Yeah. Uh, what do you got for NPC award, Matt? This, this is kind of a weird one for this game. Yeah, I went with uh, Metroid Prime. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, all right, companion piece pick. What you got, Matt? <laughs> so I went with uh, Cowboy Bebop, actually. Oh, um, well, you're watching that right now, right? Because I'm watching it right now, and it's another media, another thing about a space bounty hunter that I just don't quite understand the hype. Um, <laughs> that said, wow, wait, hang finished. on, you just did you just Damn. Trojan horse in Dude, like the yeah. hottest possible take onto this episode? <laughs> that said, that said, so well. I have not finished it. I have not finished it. There's also a mo- um, you have to watch the movie though because the movie's actually the the real ending. Like you yeah, have to, yeah, okay, yeah. So so I haven't finished it. I'm only like maybe six or seven episodes in. It just hasn't like caught me yet. Um, so I'm I'm withholding my full judgment. But Wait, do you probably the fact you, it's episodic? Yeah, it's episodic. Exactly. It's yeah. totally an older style. Um, do you like science fiction, Matt? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you do. Yeah. I like science. I know I like science fiction books. I've read a few. Um, do you like Star Trek? I like Stargate. Oh, you're a Stargate guy. Yeah, I watched that with my dad a lot growing up. Okay. That was like his favorite favorite show. Yeah. Stargate's great. Star Wars great. Um, no, I like. Come on, come on, guys! I'm the sci-fi. No, guy. you just come you on. just named you just named the three most popular sci-fi popular. properties in the entire world. Did you name Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> I like sci-fi. sci-fi. Star Wars. Sci- what? Aliens versus Predators. Star Wars is I like, fantasy. I like Aliens. Did you just name Alien no. versus Predators as your exemplary aliens. sci-fi movie? No, no, no. But I mean, that's sci-fi, right? Yeah, yeah. Give me some sci-fi movies. Or get some properties that I should know. Uh, Dune sci-fi, right? Dune. Yeah, that that would I would have accepted Dune before Alien versus Predator. Actually, I haven't seen Dune yet. But oh, I do okay, you should probably watch. Have you read the books list. at least? Definitely check out. Wait, have you read those, Mickey? I actually haven't. My br- my brother uh, raised about them though. Uh, okay, I feel like Matt would probably. I could see him reading Dune. Annihilation. Yeah, that's, that's sci-fi. You just you just googled sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> just just, to figure, just okay. You Same you like you 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 don't dislike sci-fi, but like Ad Astra, you, The Martian. Come on, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Interstellar. Biggest movies. Of, that movie sucked though. Moonfall, watch that on a plane. That was a bad movie. Yeah, that movie looked pretty bad. I can't believe you even listed a plane movie on that. I heard that movie is so bad it's good. It's one of those fun oh, movies. One of those. Fun bad movies. All right, let me let me go. I got a good companion piece pick for y'all on this one. Uh my companion piece pick, um, a little bit out, out of left field here. It's that the 2023 NBA playoffs. Uh they're going on right now. Uh you don't even need to have played Metroid Prime to actually watch them. And they're a lot of fun. Uh, I've been watching them. I, I got direct TV. I'm paying a hundred bucks a month for it. Um, initially I kind of was using it to watch some Dodger games, but now 
I'm actually using it more as an NBA playoff machine than anything else. And um, producer Sam's in the other room. He can hear me right now. So can I get a oh, woo for he? the Lakers? All right. Well, did they win? Uh-huh. They're losing. They're losing right now. It's in the. It's still on. Oh shit! S- okay. Six minutes left in the fourth. Okay, we got to finish up here, boys. <laughs> One last question: Is the cyberpunk cyberpunk? Would you consider that? Sci-fi? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. And that's Matrix your favorite. Too. That's that's your favorite video game. Yeah, dude. You could you just Wait, said Matrix, Matrix before you said anything else. Steinsgate is also sci-fi. Oh yeah, Steinsgate is very much sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. That's like your favorite anime, right? I wouldn't say cyberpunk's my favorite video game, but I do really fuck. With no, no, I was just I was. Make, I, was, I was making a joke. Uh, favorite moment for me is when you get the Fazon suit, a Fazon suit. I thought that was really cool. I like how it's not an item. It's just a, a big guy falls on you and melts onto your body, and then you just get the suit. I thought that was kind of metal. Um, and the, the fight with Meta Ridley is like kind of epic in scale, um, and especially for the time, it was a pretty pretty remarkable fight, even though it is it is janky because the combat in the game is janky, but I still think the fight is visceral and uh, really fun. I really liked the Metroid prime fight because I mean, I was almost done. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I did actually like when you sucked up, it's like phase on juices or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. And it just looked kind of funny. Cause like it, it like when you would shoot it, it would just like spaz repeatedly in like the same motion. Like, yeah! like <laughs> I don't know. It just looked kind of funny. Um, so I got a kick out of that, but, um, and I did actually enjoy that boss fight for yeah. the most part. Uh, all right. Other highlighted. Yeah. Nitpicks and everything. Yeah. Um, we could skip nitpicks. Uh, we could alternate talk names. Wait, we got it to the, would you play other games from this developer category here? Oh. Um, just, yes, I, I want to play more. I mean, I've really, it's just the prime trilogy, which I've played Metroid prime Two echoes, which I love a lot. I've never played hunters or corruption. Um, I think I completely skipped Mario Kart 7, so I don't know if you guys have an opinion on that one. But Donkey Kong Country Returns, those games are fucking awesome. And Retro Studios deserves all the praise for those games. They're they're very, very good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of the studio. Um, definitely want to play more over time. I have, I have Tropical Freeze just, like, sitting there on my Switch that I haven't really played yet. But huge fan. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to give the other stuff a go. We'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I like Mario Kart. I mean, that'd be fun. I, I really wonder how Metroid Prime Four is gonna gonna go because Metroid Prime Corruption, Metroid Prime Three came out in two thousand seven for the Wii, so that was like generations ago. Um, and it would have by the time that it comes out, it'll be like fifteen years later for a sequel. So I'm really curious, like, if they're gonna heavily lean into like weapon switching combat movement is it going to be like a titanfall but in metroid you know like how could a first person shooter adventure keep up with like modern first person shooters i guess we'll have to see so um all right and then rename the game did you have anything the last chozo oh dude i had the chozo apocalypse Mm. yeah apparently samus is a chozo i didn't know that yeah samus is uh infused with chozo dna is the lore um I also had Metroid, the Phazon intrusion. Okay. Yeah. The, the, if in the other, in the lore of the other games, basically they expand on Phazon and there's a planet made of pure Phazon called Phase and it, it shoots out Leviathan seeds all over the galaxy to like invade other planets. So Talon 4 is just actually like a corrupted planet off of a larger planet and Phazon's the enemy. Phazon is the enemy. Do they do like a bunch of like sniping montages? Call of Duty? <laughs> no, they they do not. <laughs> uh, wait, what? What do you mean? Sni- wait, what do you mean sniping montages? Phase Clan. Phase. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good one. That was a little. Thank f- you. That was a little bit of a far removed punchline, but. Yeah. Did you get hey, that hey, one, Mickey? Did that one land for you, Mickey? Or Mickey's not it- even paying attention. <laughs> he shook his head. I, 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 he didn't. I, <laughs> he didn't get it. I I got it. Hey, but I didn't think it's that funny. They can't all be hits. Okay. <laughs> okay. What's like a good batting average? Like three out of ten or something? Four out of ten? Uh, that'd be that'd be very good. Uh, so there you go. Okay. There you go. Yeah, right, moving on. Batting average. <laughs> Final um, conclusive thoughts. Yeah, yeah um, go ahead. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't like this game formula, but I can appreciate it. I can recognize that it it's very good at what it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, same thoughts here. I, I mean, I really like this game uh, and it's, it's not necessarily nostalgia. I think that's driving me to like this game a lot. When I played it when I was younger, I actually didn't like it as much as I like it now. Um, and I, I just think that the game broke a lot of ground. It did a lot of really cool things that games like have mimicked in terms of like weapon switching, resource management, certain environmental storytelling beats and things like that. And even to this day, there's really not, not to my knowledge, a whole lot of 3D first person adventure games like this. Um, and I think it's uh, it's really cool that it came out so long ago and still can be played with a modern updated control system and still be compelling in a lot of ways. I think the bones of the game are just really strong. Um, Did you feel like you had to do a lot of resource management? I mean, I'm talking more. I'm talking more about, I guess, missiles um, mostly, because like I, I did have to do resource management in terms of like, um, if did you get like the super weapons for like each weapon, like the the electric? I got beam? it for three of them. Yeah, I got it for I got it for all of them, and I was using all of them pretty liberally. So like, I had sure. a ton of missiles. That makes I, like, more sense. I definitely had yeah. to like balance like, okay, do I save the missiles right now for the flamethrower, or do I want to waste them all on the freaking electric beam? Yeah. Thing? So there was there was a good amount of that. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right. Rating time. All right. Lucas, you want to count us down? Yeah, I'll count us down. Three, two, one. Nine. Seven. All right. Nine and seven. Max surprised to hear a seven from Matt. Yeah, I'm really surprised to hear a seven right there. I don't know. I'm trying to be better about my game. I don't know. Because, like, if I'm... If I'm get. If I'm telling you how I feel, I give this game a five. That's purely based off of me not liking the game. Is that a, a fair way to review it? Because I personally don't like it. I don't know. Probably not. So, like, I don't know. No, you're good. That That's totally... I mean, you have to and ask I gave yourself, Super Metroid a five, and I definitely like this better than Super yeah. Metroid. You have so. to... Well, you have to ask yourself the question is, is this being effective? Is this doing something... Is it yeah. doing what it's trying to do well? You know, it's yeah. not trying to be like a... It's not trying to be some sort of visual novel with like dense like character development and stuff like that. So you can't, it's hard to like bum it for that, you know? But anyway, um, yeah. I I was trying to be more fair. That's seven is me making peace with, I don't like this game, but I can appreciate, I understand that it is a good game. Okay, cool, cool. All right. I'm glad we we, we got through it. We got through it, Matt. We made it. Um, all right, that's 16 Dude, out of 20. When we were on story design, I was getting so pissed. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, I know, I could, uh, I, I felt that coming we out. We both were, we both were. Yeah, we're all good this now, This is though. sensitive topics for us. Metroid's a really sensitive topic. I know, I know. I'm just glad we made it through another Metroid game, and probably yeah. in two years, we'll do one more. Um, so, look forward to that. I hope not. Yeah. yeah. All right, that puts us 16 out of 20 on this game. Um, this was another, this was a classic banger. I think the audience will appreciate this episode, because, you know... It's just Lucas and Matt going at it. It's just like the good old days talking about Metroid. 
I mean, Hot Mickey was here to moderate a little bit, but he didn't. He didn't really moderate. Let's be nah, honest. I, I, sorry for the audience, but like I was like doing something half the time for my grandmother, <laughs> so I was just trying to be <laughs> He's in busy as guy. much as I could. <laughs> that is okay, Mickey. But all right, everyone, this has been a long one. We'll wrap it up here. Um, everyone, uh, Hot Mickey, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at teals underscore bcb or in the d- Discord where. I'll just be talking about recent gaming events that I happen to see when I'm on Twitter. I love it. I've already plugged the socials a lot to death here. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can go at Good Idea Matthew and Lucas. Uh, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Good Idea Lucas and Twitter at Good Idea Lucas. And you could uh, find me on Discord too. I'm definitely posting links to more blogs and articles that we're doing. We'll have the written version of Metroid Prime up later this week. Um, as well as any other things and gaming news that comes about. I love it. All right, everyone, this has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Skibbity bop. Thanks for playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna, and our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Royal Call Bunch and Red Circle 